Hello and welcome to the Offside Onside podcast. Um, I'm your host, Dan, along with your other host, Robbie. Say hello, Robbie. Hello, Robbie. I'm Robbie. <laughs> you got it right that time. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, okay, so I, I was going to say back, uh, the, the reason for the weird intro then is I was going to say back as per usual, but obviously this is our first ever episode um so just a quick insight to what we're about uh i myself am a sunderland fan but i follow arsenal closely as well um robbie is a arsenal fan who i i don't i don't want to say i, I don't want to it's kind of blasphemy the fact that you uh slightly have a kink for west ham um due to your family <laughs> okay um, um i got a bit scared there for a second because when you were saying that i was like do not expose me whether you do <laughs> don't expose me okay yes. i do admit i do like west ham because of my family but don't tell them my secret what i have about west ham <laughs> okay right the the less said about that uh the better we're, we're just we're, we're saying london's red yeah 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 100 percent, 100 percent. okay cool right we'll leave it there <laughs> okay um okay, so <laughs> In regards to how the structure of the podcast works, I'll be breaking down all the Sunderland games, news, etc. throughout the week. Um, and Robbie will be doing the Arsenals. We'll obviously be asking each other questions and having deep discussions and memorable moments and probably hugs and kisses and all that. Um, we will also be um, looking at picking out our team of the week um, or what do we call it? Our good good deeds good, of the week good good deeds of the week when when a player slash manager or even even if staff members of our clubs in the uk have done good deeds for the week we That's just look it, at it we it? praise them yeah so we got we got all sorts going on um hopefully you enjoy this um just stick around if you uh if you if you would like to and obviously We'll try to make your journey as comfortable as possible. I sound like a really rubbish airline hostess at the minute. Yeah. I'm gonna get... <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine. I could just imagine it's like, hi, sit back and relax and enjoy the bloody rant we've got in store with you today. <laughs> so sit back, relax, grab your juice, grab your beer, grab whatever you want to decide, even your baby's dummy, and just drink it, suck on it, and just take it all in, because we have got a show for you tonight. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this, this kind of, that, that went, that was like a roller coaster. It went in so many different directions then. Um, I'm caught a little bit off guard, I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> but yes, the point stands. Hopefully you enjoy. Um, so I'm gonna get straight into the Sunderland news, and basically water is wet when it comes to Sunderland. Um, when you ask... <laughs> When you when you ask, have Sunderland lost again? Water is wet, the sky is blue. Yes, is the answer to that. Sunderland are now winless in their last seven. Um, they still need they need one more win to secure a playoff place and Oxford to drop points. I believe if my st if my mathematics is right, um, we've got Plymouth and Argyle. Uh, no, not Plymouth and Argyle. We've got Plymouth, Argyle, and Northampton in our last two games who currently sit at 18th and 22nd in the table, respectively. Um, we should pick up some points. However, that is a worrying statistic that we are winless in our last seven. Um, particularly when you've got players, like I watched the interview of uh, Lyndon Gooch um, after the Blackpool match um, 
And I'll quote him in saying it's just the way it's gone for us at the minute when asked about uh, the, rec- the the Blackpool result where we lost 1-0. It's just the way it's gone for us at the minute. Now, that really, really, really bothers me from a football player. Um, you need to show a bit of bite, especially when you're, you, you were battling for automatic promotion. Obviously, these last seven fixtures have gone the worst that they could possibly go for us. Um but you need to show a bit of bite, especially as you're still fighting to secure a playoff place and you're going to need all that fight to take into you, in with you into the playoffs to secure promotion to the championship, which Sunderland should... They should have been promoted to the championship pretty much as soon as they went down. That's not me just toot my own horn. Sunderland are a big club. I know they've had their problems with the owners and stuff like that, but Sunderland are a big club. They should not be linguishing down there in in league one you know it's uh it's a sorry state the Sunderland are in at the moment however things are looking up uh well we're looking up with the new owners um i know i'm sort of hung up on their last seven games but things could be moving forward with Sunderland. what does worry me however is the recent speculation of um or transfer speculation should i say of charlie wyke um rumoured to be going to championship clubs a number of championship clubs such as cardiff millwall middlesbrough etc um and also links with celtic and cska moscow this worries me um however it i i can't i can't turn around and say that i didn't see it coming um the dude's 28 he's in his prime slash coming out of his prime he's had a, a stellar season for sunderland scoring 29 goals for us at the time of recording, um, I saw this coming a mile away. And I, even if we do get promoted, I do believe he will go and look for that last, that last little payday type of thing, that last little hurrah, especially if someone like Celtic comes knocking for him. Um, I mean, me and you were speaking a little bit earlier, and mm-hmm. the fact, <laughs> the fact is, like Celtic could potentially offer him. A trip to the Champions League. I mean, that is a massive, massive yeah. step up from League One yeah. to the Champions League, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. And like uh, we were just saying a while ago, as a player, especially like he's been at Sunderland for a few seasons now. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously in the current situation that they're in, obviously they're they're at a point where they think, oh god, we might not even make it to the championship level because we've now done it the toughest way possible by getting into that sort of margin of the four teams that have been playoff finals and if it comes to next season and let's say let's put a picture situation in there that Sunderland go and win it what makes him think right I've got I've helped Sunderland get into the championship but Celtic and even CSK Moscow, um, two teams that are very um, highly ranked in uh, both countries, and you, you can easily get a Champions League spot. And then for any player, obviously the Champions League is the most like pro primitive or is that the word? Uh, uh, that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I mean, yeah. just uh, obviously not to butt in there, it's but. Um, uh, yeah like we had a bit of a worry of what this little thing called the super league didn't we that we that oh, we're obviously a little bit late yeah. to the party to to yes. discuss um uh, so maybe 
<laughs> we're not going to discuss too much into it, but what a load of bollocks that was. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, like, if we would have started this sooner, I reckon that we would have probably been here for maybe hours just talking about how disgusted we was. And But we'll get more into that sort of subject in the um, Arsenal um, topic because yeah. I actually do want to speak about it for a little brief bit. But yeah. um, coming back to the whole Charlie White thing, do you think personally, like as a fan, do you think that even if you do get into the championship, do you think he's going to stay just to try and help you guys maybe secure mid-table so then you can settle in into the championship or potentially even go for the Premier League, depending on obviously your new owners with the income and what they will provide for the club? As a player, um, the, there's going to be no movement there um, in terms of, okay, yes, you'll help them secure mid-table, like, and that's about it. Like, we're, we're not we're not going to go into the championship expecting to win it. Like, there, there's still going to be a yeah. certain amount of rebuild that needs to be done. This, this bloke, you know, like, why would you then sacrifice it? That, say, say the dude turns 29, um, like, obviously, uh, towards the start of next season, I believe. Yeah, you know, you're sacrificing that extra year to help us be mid-table. Then you'll be thirty. Then what club? Especially like it depends on what season you have next year. Then what club is going to come knocking for you? You take it and run. Like when, when someone like Celtic and all that comes knocking for you at this level. Um, that's what I believe anyway. I, I'm obviously a fan. I don't want to see him go. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, I. I'm I'm eighty percent sure that he will he will go, especially yeah. as a lot of our first team is out of contract at the end of this year, if not all. So, a lot of contracts are going to have to be renewed. So I don't think the money's going to be there to offer him a decent amount of money to stay with us. Um, I, I'm always going to be thankful for what he's done for us. <laughs> done for us this year. I think it's he like deserves a, a statue outside, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm already saying goodbye to him. Um, yeah. But yeah, like we'll, we'll see what he brings, and I mean, hopefully, Sunderland will, Sunderland will manage to get into that playoff place. Uh, I've I basically just covered the news of Sunderland losing there. I haven't actually spoken much about the game. I mean, in the Blackpool game, they lost one nil, had twelve corners, I believe it was more possession, more shots, etc. Just not clinical with their chances, um, which is a shame. Well, it was more than a shame that they needed to fucking get their head out of their asses and play some football. But <laughs> it, it wasn't for the one of trying that they had some good opportunities. The, the goal that sealed it was a nice volley from outside the box, like by the Blackpool player. Like, hats off, it was a brilliant goal. Um, so it is what it is, kind of thing. Rougher the. Well, I was going to say rougher the smooth, rougher the rough at the moment with Sunderland. But yes, we will see what happens tomorrow because we're recording this on a friday evening and i believe it's tomorrow they play plymouth um so we'll see maybe it'll be a little bit more positive on our monday podcast day um (laughs) right that's enough from the north um of the uk we're now going to take a trip to london and um far away robbie firstly i need to ask um if you want to start somewhere else, you're more than welcome to. But what did you think of the Villarreal uh, game, buddy? <laughs> so, <laughs> that good, huh? So, okay. So all I'm going to say is this to start. First half. Yep. I am just disgusted 
with what I watched. Yep. But second half, there was improvements. But let me obviously let let's get into it. So, firstly, I want to question this one thing: the starting lineup. Yeah. <laughs> what what was Arteta thinking in terms of this? So Leno and Goal. Okay, fair enough. Obviously, let's be honest. The Everton game yeah. that we played, it should have been nil nil. It shouldn't have been one nil. Do you know what I mean? We played really well that game, I thought. Me personally, I thought we actually did play really well. And obviously, it was just unlucky we had that mistake by Leno. But then it's yeah. not the only time he's made the mistake. Like, look for, look for example, the Wolves game. Why would you come out and then try and head at the ball and just hit with your hand? <laughs> it's just... Yeah. I feel like Arsenal, especially this season, it's just... It's been more of an embarrassment than anything. Like, I think this has been our worst <laughs> I think season. it's an understatement there, buddy. Yeah, like honestly, like Arteta, fans still believe in him. Obviously, it's it's the same. Trust the process, but surely you must be getting to a stage because I've got to that stage now. I'm not saying I'm anti Arteta. I want him out of my club, but I will get into the stage now that I'm just getting tired of week in week out of just results. That as a team that what we are, we are classed as a big team. We're just slipping it away we're just costing so many mistakes <laughs> so yeah the starting lineup obviously it was Leno and goal you had Chambers holding Mary Shaka obviously due to the fact that Tierney is injured and Tierney has for sure been one of our most clinical players this season I cannot thank him enough for what he's done to to this club especially down that left side he's made such a difference and whoever plays with him down that side I just feel like they play 10 times better yep like, yeah, that's just I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like it, honestly, it, with T like he, he can attack as well. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've got some points to make. I, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you crack on. Um, yeah. yeah, with, with T like he offers a whole different dynamic um, when he's playing there. I mean, I, I don't know if anyone's noticed this. And right, okay, I, I, I was about to be harsh then to say, oh yeah, Shaka is in the left back. Of course, Shaka's not left back. <laughs> But no. but for what he has done, he has done so much better than I expected. He, I, I, I think, totally agree with that. I think he's played the role pretty well. I mean, his disciplinary record didn't speak, doesn't speak highly of him, and the fact that he's no. he's managed to play all these games and not like he, he's going to be exposed down there. He's going to be a weakness that people are going to target. The yeah. fact that he's walking no. out of this with no red cards at the minute is I probably jinxed it there. But he's got yeah. no red cards whilst playing in that position. I'm impressed. I am impressed yeah. by him. Yeah, because obviously, as bookies like say, obviously, Shaq is usually favourite to be booked first yeah. or be booked in every game. Like you can see the odds. It's just like two to one, for example, because it's yeah. that predictable. He's going to get a card. But even beforehand, before like uh, after the Villarreal game, like we had two. He had two clean sheets playing as left back. Mm-hmm. And he's he's done so well. Bearing in mind, let's be honest, he's not the fastest. And yeah. what's good about him is that he can he reads the game very well. And it's kind of like Arsenal going to a back three with him in terms of obviously yeah. Chambers pushing forward a bit. But I cannot have a go at Shaka at all. Like in this game, Shaka he done his job. He tried to do his job as best he can. But yeah, getting to the rest yeah. of the team, you had Party and Sabeos in uh, centre mid. And then I yeah. don't know what Arteta was in. Saka, Odegaard, Smith Rowe, and Pepe. I'm sorry. Fair enough, Lacazette was injured. But if you've got players like Ebamiang, 
Nketiah, and even Martinelli on the bench. Why was we not? Why was as well? Yeah, exactly. Like why we? Why would we not play with a striker? Why would we not play with that number nine? I don't know what he was thinking. You and can it just argue goes the go. case for Uber just because obviously we it, don't know the state of his fitness. Like, yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, yeah that was, that, that's the only one you that. can argue a case for. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, no, I, I do agree. We have strikers like Martinelli. You know, he he can play the striker role. Um, yeah, Ketia is an out and out striker. I mean, whether Arteta trusts them or not, people like Ketia. Or I, I hope I'm not butchering his name, but Belogon, but. Uh, it is below gone the, the youngster that like that yeah. we just re-signed you, you yeah. know what i mean um yeah, yeah. but yeah like they're, they're strikers why not let the young kids have a go kind of thing like yeah it's what why why be that stubborn and just not play a striker like would you do that if it was the other end of the field and like i, I don't know lino lino got injured uh so did ryan you know, like, would you would you then give the goalkeeper like if you had no choice? Would you rather give the goalkeeper role to a youngster, or would you play? I don't know, Danny Ceballos in goal. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you, it is. It is like it's it is stubbornness. It feels like stubbornness more than anything. Because let's be honest, what was it? Was it the Spurs game? Didn't uh, Abamyang turn up late, didn't he, to the meeting? And he got yeah, benched for that yeah. game. Honestly, ever since that game, I'm convinced Arteta and Aubameyang have got a, like a thing of like hate between each other in a way. I feel like I mean, there's look something. Look how long it took for Martinelli to get back in. Like, yeah, yes, he's had his injury issues and stuff like that, and I understand that Arteta doesn't want to rush him. Um, but he he's been fit and able, and he's just been placed on the bench. Like sometimes, like over William and stuff like that. Like, yes. <laughs> So, the less so, the less said about William, the better. Let's be honest. So yeah. So even even though, like, bearing in mind, let's be honest, that is not our strongest eleven. Like starting no. straight away. Like we have got some players that are usually in our starting eleven on the bench, like Gabriel, David Luiz, Bellerin, um, yep. El Nene. He's obviously a good player to bring on. Um, obviously, like I said, Willian. We won't really get much into Willian. Let's be honest. No. Um, Cedric, like, I'm surprised that um, Cedric wasn't playing in terms of um, defensive and attacking because I thought, okay, Shaq has been doing the good role. But this is what I like about Arteta as well. If he sees someone playing good, why not? Why not not change? Like if it's working, it's yeah. working. Like it's simple as that. But, so yeah. anyway, let's get into the game. So the game, obviously, the result was two one. All I'm gonna say. Is the first half I was it, I was just disgusted with the first half in terms of obviously what happened. The Silatang was really, really coming off in the first half in in regards to our patchwork squad at the minute. I mean, we, we obviously spoke highly of Shaka, and I, I still will. Yep. Like, I, I don't care. Like, I don't expect him to perform like Marcelo of Real Madrid in left back. Yep. He, he's not a left back, yeah. Um, yeah. Even Chambers, like, I-, I love Chambers. I think he's, again, yeah, he's done good. well, but he is not a natural right-back. No, Ceballos no. playing the deeper role. I-, I understand, like, he's more of a pivot midfielder, but Ceballos, again, didn't suit it there. Um, no. And doesn't suit it there. And then you- you- you've got things uh, along the lines of, like, uh, Pepe up front as well. Of it. That- that's an obvious one. We've covered that already. Um, yeah. 
but just the whole squad just felt thrown together at the last minute as though Arteta just kind of drew the names out of a hat kind of thing that yeah it didn't there didn't appear to be any sort of tactic to the game whatsoever especially in that first half um yeah. it was it was painful it was painful watching it um but yeah anyway sorry mate continue continue it, honestly it was embarrassing so I'm, I'm assuming that our lineup was like a 4-2-3-1 type formation mm-hmm. and you saw that um smith row pepe even odegaard would swap swap roles obviously one would go up top one would play behind the striker one would play left mid obviously Saka I cannot praise Saka any more than what he's done honestly for a kid his age and to yeah. do what he's been doing for the club like honestly I think he deserves Arsenal player of the season yeah it, that's just obviously my opinion like Saka I have no no um what's the word what's the bad word Critic, is it a critic? Uh, no, crit. Uh, you, basically, Criticism. you don't have a bad word, so no criticism. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the word. Obviously, like I said, first podcast. Whoop whoop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't have any criticism to say about Saka. So yeah, the first half, like I said, first five minutes, it was all Villarreal. Like it was just crazy. Like they were doing so well. Like fair play to them. They were just running rings around us. And then first mm-hmm. shot on target, they get a goal. Five minutes in. Then, literally after that, we started to pick it back up. Like, we started to get a bit of a flow going. And then, all of a sudden, like, halfway through the match, like, 30th minute, I believe, we we get a, we can see the corner. And then, what's his name? Um, Gerard Monreal, I think his name, the striker um, for Villarreal. He Mor- was a free Moreno, man. I believe it was. Yeah, Moreno. Uh, Gerard, yeah. Yeah. He was a free man. And the fact that he had no round when he jumped in the air and had Albion just at the back post, no one's marking. Yeah. It was just embarrassing to see us go 2-0 down. And I was generally scared, thinking, oh, God, we're 2-0 down already. I think they're mm-hmm. going to get a third here. And then we, we could have had that chance in the first half when we had the penalty uh, incident, but unluckily Pepe handballed the ball. Yeah, I mean that that was pretty much a sum up of our season, wasn't it? Like yeah. I, I I saw that and I I saw it. I knew it was handball straight away. Like that that's definitely more of the obvious, one of the obvious ones. Um, but I just saw that and I just thought, yeah, that's that's. I, I expect nothing less. Like I expect yeah. the ref to blow the whistle for it to get overturned, kind of thing. I mean, the less said about VAR, the better. But obviously on that one, I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's it's obviously frustrating. And yeah, even the first half, like, Ceballos, he was so exposed. Like, I felt sorry for Party, even though Party didn't have the best game as well. Nice. And it, it's getting a bit annoying in terms of Party, in terms of, obviously, oh, we mate, keep on like saying the, the shooting. The, so, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but the thing that is bothering yeah. me is the long-distance shooting. shooting. He is, I, I, I swear, he has hit Rosette, like... <laughs> more times than he has actually passed the ball which which is obviously an outstanding feat because he is he's a great passer of the ball but these long distance shots uh, i mean I, I know he can hit them i've seen him hit them but yeah come on now like so, something's clearly going wrong there like you're lacking confidence and stuff like that stop trying just keep the ball create another opportunity for someone else like 
yeah it's 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 just frustrating like don't get me wrong i feel like party would be better with a player like shaka um in there with him based on the fact that shaka's more defensive minded he's more of a he's, he's talker like he knows how to like basically build a team it's basically like the captain of the team but he's not captain and that makes sense yeah and but yeah like sabias uh, party i was just getting so frustrated especially with sabas like yeah fair enough i i do think he's a very good dribbler of the ball he's very good at um reading the game knowing where players are and whatnot but it's just week in week out sabas always just makes mistake after mistake after mistake like um i'm pretty sure it was benfica when i, I think it was the first leg he cost us two goals yeah and then like what happened after he just basically lost his head he just basically gave up i mean just to <laughs> kind of like add a little bit into this as well um i'm just gonna quote a teat a, a, a teat <laughs> I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm going to quote a tweet um from fabrizio romano um mm. sorry for butchering the name there but obviously like he's one of the greatest sources when it comes to football to football in general um, yeah. Danny Ceballos is expected to leave Arsenal at the end of the season. The decision has been made weeks ago. The midfielder will come back to Real Madrid after spending the season on loan to Arsenal. Then he'll decide his future. Now, when it says he will decide his future, I'm very much hoping that Arsenal will decide his future in regards to us and be like, no, 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 you're not coming <laughs> back. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, it hasn't worked out. I mean... Well, nah, when we I tried first saw season. him, yeah, exactly. When I first saw him in the first season, and he busted out some skills, I was like, "Yes, a little bit more flair about Arsenal. I like this." And yeah. then as time's gone on, I'm just like, "I've lost all patience," kind of thing. Um, so yeah, obviously we'll get onto the Sabios red card in a little bit, but um, yeah. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add before this. <laughs> Literally, I was gonna just talk about the um, second half uh, of yeah. the game. So, second half, um, I thought, do you know what? We're actually, you know, they, they bring on, um, I think they bring on a former Arsenal player, Cochrane, don't they, to make it more defensive so they can try and hold mm -hmm. a 2-0 lead. Um, so, that's all good. But then we started playing better because they didn't have the extra striker, which is causing so many problems for our defence. Um, we was actually having a good flow of football and whatnot. Can we talk about the goal we scored? Yeah, I in guess. your in, in your mind, be honest. Mm -hmm. Would you give him that as a penny? Wait, wait, hold on, I, I've lost you. So the the penalty, what for? Um, Arsenal for Arsenal. So we, what, Pepe's we, penalty. We, uh, well, yeah, so we had uh, right. Yeah, so obviously the first one was. Oh my god, I, I've, I, I've just had a bit of a brain fart there. Um, <laughs> so the, the penalty. Um, yeah. Yes, yes, penalty, quite. Uh, so Saka obviously ran into the box, and then it looked like Saka yeah, stuck his yeah, that's out. It. Yeah, 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 that's it. Right. Um, well, uh, from a fan's point of view, a hundred percent a penalty all day long. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've just literally caught on to it now. I remember. Um, at the end of the day, he dangled a leg out. I believe. Yeah. Like, yeah, he did. It was a pen kind of thing. Yeah. See, the thing is, I look at it. Yes, it was a pen, but like I know it sounds really like cheeky, but I think it was a tactical pen. Do you know what I mean? He, he's like yeah. he purposely done it, but at the end of the day, it's a pen. 
Like, I yeah. know people would probably like hear this and think, well, it's not a penalty. I can see why people don't think it's a penalty because it looked like he dived into the player. But I don't know. It, it's one of those penalties. It's like 50, I think it's like a 50 50 argument, to be honest with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, before, obviously, before the penalty, let's obviously talk about the red card. Why would you not take off a player that's on the yellow card, knowing that he's he is uh, El Nenny known should have been put on way sense. before that? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I it's Tobias. Obviously, from experience of obviously watching watching him week in week out, he is known to do those sort of tactical slash silly challenges. Like he's not he's not a defensive yeah. mid. He's he's more like I said, he's more of like a free flowing sort of midfielder. He likes to get into positions, like he likes to pass the ball and whatnot. But yeah. I don't know why Arteta even thought about sticking with the uh, same same eleven for the second half because surely nothing was working. Yeah. And yes, he gets he gets a red card, and that just sums up the night. To be honest, I thought I generally thought from there I thought brilliant we're going to lose three four nil. I generally thought that. But... Yeah, I mean the the my, the best quote from the commentator was um, something along the lines of like the boot is now firmly on Arsenal's throat kind of thing. <laughs> it, it, it really was like, uh, I, I thought, right. Okay. So this is, this is something that I wanted to mention and I am so, I'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but the okay. thing that seemed to kickstart Arsenal heart, like start um, Arsenal in terms of like them playing better and stuff like that. Lido's brilliant save that was going yeah. to make it three nil. That is the thing that that is the save that turned the game, in my opinion. Yeah, would you agree? No, I, I would totally agree. I, th- I believe I, th- I think I remember this shot. I think it was uh, that Gerald player. He took a shot. It was going like top bins, and then he. It was he awful just... defending. It, it was absolutely yeah. awful. I mean, he he found himself in the pocket. Um, yeah, easily. Which, easily. You, you know, like he found himself into that little pocket of space, but it was awful defending. But Lino to step up and save the tie effectively because that save was then a domino effect of us getting the penalty, us being 2-1, getting the away goal and only really needing a 1-0 win at home. Not not that I believe that will happen, but it gives us the opportunity yeah. to make it happen. So it was a good it was a good end um to Lino's week after well I, I say after oh. Lino's week, like from, <laughs> from a week ago at Everton. Um yeah. you, you know like he needed that, I think. Yeah, because in a way, you must think like as a player as well. When you make a mistake like that, knowing that you f- you think that yeah, I've cost the game for my club, like your confidence would just naturally drop. Like it's just, it's yeah. even the same on like a normal Saturday league, like typical Sunday league, Saturday league football. Like in the lower lower divisions, like you do one mistake or you give away a penalty or you get a red card, you feel like you've just cost your team the game in a way. Like. Yeah. It's it's anyone that really thinks it, but I'll be honest. As soon as we went down to ten men, and I'll be brutally honest here, and as soon as we brought Martinelli on, the game changed completely. Like we played so much better with 100%. ten men. Yeah, and then obviously going towards the end of the game, we were just pushing, pushing, pushing. And then we got the penny. Yeah, uh, we scored it. Thank God. I generally thought we had a second goal in us because that's when Villarreal started to crumble. Yeah. Uh, and they got a red card as well with uh, Kapue, uh, former Watford player. Uh, um, yeah. He he got the red card. That was quite a funny red card to be honest, because I don't know if he was injured or not, and I don't know if he was milking it or not. It was really funny. I thought. <laughs> he was well, like, this is, yeah, this is the thing. Obviously, like in, in regards to we we don't ju- just to make that 
abundantly clear we don't like to see players injured like you, no. you know regardless like even no. if you're a spurs player we don't like to see anyone injured like you know like this is their lives this is their career etc however yeah. i do see where you're coming from i thought he was on the floor milking it trying to um trying to make sure that you know villarreal got across the line at the end just to break up the play um yeah and then and then they got the stretcher out and i felt somewhat bad <laughs> Yeah, I, I I thought okay, this might be serious to be honest, because yeah. like the stretch is out, and I'm thinking, oh god, is he actually injured? Because I because as you can see, the challenge he definitely slipped into it, but obviously, unfortunately, he was on yellow, and that is a yellow yeah. card offence. And <laughs> yeah, well, you look thought, at Uber's oh, challenge. He's trying to like, Uber came on. Exactly. Um, he got a straight Uber yellow. Into his and it was a yellow. Yeah. Yeah. And then towards the end of the game, obviously, Uber had that chance to make it 2 all. I generally thought he could do it, but unfortunately, he slipped. But overall game, like, if you look at the stats, for example, like, overall game, you see that we both had the same shots, but they had, they had six on target. We had two. Um, we made more passes, but only by, like, 50. Um, and we had more possession. But to be honest, I generally thought, as the, as the whole game, I generally thought, it was embarrassing from our point of view. Yeah. And it's it was embarrassing the fact that we had to use 10 men, not 11, 10 men to basically pick it up. So surely there's a weak link in that team in terms of obviously playing better with just 10 men. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, let, let's be honest, like that Arsenal performance was like, it's an understatement to say it was not good as a whole. Um, do, you, do you want to touch on Daniel uh, Daniel Savas's red card anymore. I mean, do you think it was a red? Yeah, like the thing it, yeah. it's one of those moments. Like he d he clearly did step on the uh, player's ankle, and if the referee sees it, he sees it. It's a red. Uh, sorry, it's a it's a second yellow yellow offense. Uh, I think like, only him will know in his head um, yeah. whether he meant to dangle that leg or not. But Zabios has somewhat of a reputation for this. Yeah, um, so especially as tempers, I think were already flaring by that point. Especially with Sabios. Um, oh yeah. Unfortunately, like as unfortunate as it was, like whether he meant to do it or not, it it happened. Um, and to be honest, I would probably, <laughs> I, I wouldn't bet money on it, but I I could probably make a a guess that his Arsenal career could be over. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It it, it depends on what injuries and stuff that we've got, because um, we still got a lot. Well, I say a lot of games to play. We still got the rest of the Prem to play, and obviously at least Villarreal. Um, yeah, obviously we can't guarantee that we're in the final as of yet. Because even though two one on aggregate, all we need yeah. is that one goal and just to hold the clean sheet, basically. Like, yeah. It. In terms of in terms of obviously um, the game and the final the final whistle. Like, it is just, how can you think as a club, you think, okay, right, okay, we're 2-1 down, we got lucky, why Why do you have to say we've got lucky? Like, yeah. you, you, you should, to be honest, on paper, uh, let's be honest, we should be, we should be beating Villarreal in terms of obviously teams and obviously what, what we have compared to what they have. This but, is this is the issue though. I mean, Villarreal, like as the commentator said at the beginning of the sea, uh, beginning of the game, um, 
Villarreal and Arsenal have had very, very similar seasons. I believe they're seventh um, or eighth. I think it's seventh in uh, the Spanish league. Um, and we're tenth. Um, very, very, very similar all the way down to the wire. I mean, it, it's... It... It's almost like Villarreal are the Spanish Arsenal this year, especially, like I say, I have a former Arsenal manager at the helm. Um, so, you, you know, like, I understand where you're coming from, that we it feels like we're entitled that we should be winning these games. I don't believe Arsenal have the quality now for us to be able to say we should be winning these games. Um, yeah. It's partly down to, I mean... I would like to say lack of investment in the squad, but the, the players we have invested in, I mean, you look at Sabia, um, we brought Sabia in, obviously, as a young promising talent. There's obviously been a lot of stories that it just hasn't gone his way. Um, he's not happy with Arteta, um, that he judged him off two and a half games, etc. You look at Pepe, yeah. brought in for a large sum of money, I believe, has buckled under the pressure of that money. Um, yeah. It is... I I was going to say I like Pepe, but I mean, we go back. I've forgotten what game it was, but I believe it's a game earlier on this season where he got himself a red card. And I was like, you know what? Like, I, I've trusted in this guy for like over a year now. I, I believe yeah. that he can pick himself up. But when he got that red card, I was like, I'm, I'm kind of done. Um, Partey, his injury record since come to Arsenal, Ceballos, the loan, you know, all these signings. Are, it's not for lack of investment. It is the wrong investment, as per mm. usual. And uh, like I said, I, I just don't believe Arsenal have that quality anymore. Um, no, which is a real I don't shame. Think, I don't think even players, on like um, in terms of obviously when we are rumored with some players, which are, I will get into the potential rumors about Arsenal and players that we are scouting at the moment. <laughs> I don't think they even want to come to Arsenal. I think personally, let's just say, for example, a player uh, out of out of the blue, Fakir, um, French player. Let's just say that he wanted to move to the Premier League. I generally think he would probably choose Leicester over us. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, at the end of the day, though, Leicester could potentially be offering him Champions League football. And I believe that is, regardless of what the name of the club is, that's obviously like a, a big thing to kind of have on their CV. Um, yeah. I also want to bring it back slightly as well. When I say that Arsenal don't have the quality anymore, I'm not saying that we aren't a team with quality in it. Um, what I'm saying is the likes of, for example, West Ham stepping up this year, the likes of Leicester. Um, I'm not going to compare us to Man City or anything like that because, you know, we're we're like, we're very, very much below that level. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's just it's difficult. difficult. It's, it, it's, I mean, been, uh, it's been a shambles of a season, to be honest. Like, I, cherry I, on honestly, the top, the cherry on the top has to be the Super League shit. <laughs> I think I think that's what made it like ten times worse, especially for Arsenal fans. Yeah, like um, obviously it's a terrible season. Like it's not. It's obviously it's not been the only season that we've been below target. Like, but to li it, yeah, as you said, it was like the icing on the cake, basically. Like, why? <laughs> I'm only going to go through this short bit. It's all yeah. sorted now. All I'm going to say is, why? Just why? Like, 
the the owners that we have. The owners that we have. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> the owners we have. Like, the fact that players like Omri, Bergkamp, Fiera, Ian Wright, like, the fact that they are going against it as well just goes to show how corporal our club is now in terms of, obviously, yeah, our well, owners. The issue is, like, I understand, obviously, is to take it personally with our owners, but... It's not just us. It was the whole of the top six of the yeah. English league. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, it does show at, that these these six amazing clubs that are universally loved almost, like that we are fans across the world. Um, it's just become so out of touch in regards to what the football club actually means. Um, yeah. It, it is it's heartbreaking. Um yeah it was honestly embarrassing and the fact like you saw like i'm to be honest i was surprised it was these two to start with but the fact that you saw chelsea and man city like the two money clubs let's just call them that like yeah. they pulled out first just because they knew how much backlash it would become and yeah. they're, they're 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 definitely pretty much the two richest clubs in in our league in terms yeah. of obviously income and like for example look at their players they've literally got a starting lineup and their bench can be a starting lineup as well yeah. like but yeah the, the super league situation was just the worst it was thing bad. about the whole super league like well obviously the worst thing is how it affected the fans but yes one of the one of the worst things was the fact that the players nor the managers were told in any of the clubs. Yeah. Yeah, and they I were expected saw... to go out there and take all the heat. I mean, you look at the Chelsea, um, the Chelsea riots where Petacek had to get off the bus and literally ask them to move and, you know, plead yeah. with fans, basically. That, like, the owners literally, they, they fucked up mon- monumentally and they just threw the players and their manager to the walls. Uh as well as staff as well like staff, exactly. you, <laughs> like for example who was it like Leeds like fair enough obviously Leeds this season like terrific like they've they've done mm-hmm. they've done the job like honestly you can't not doubt them do you know what I mean the fact yeah. that they've had to be like I think they pretty much was the only club to do it but the fact they had to step up and say you know let's make it equal do you know what I mean the Champions League yeah. is the like is the p- pinnacle of like the whole European like club competition. Yeah. And it it's just I felt like I remember because let's be honest, like everyone tuned in to the Liverpool Leeds game uh just to see one, what uh Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville have to say and I yeah. cannot praise them enough. Like they basically put, <laughs> the, the, they the, put, these uh, two blokes saved football. Like, can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. Like, yeah. I, I to be honest, like Jerry Carragher and Gary Neville, like they're they you either like them or you hate them. It's they're those characters. Like, yeah. you hate them because obviously the I way I sat they there speak with about. a tear in my eye when he when he was on there talking. Like, it was it was fantastic. I mean, you, you know, like. <laughs> It's weird. Like I've never felt that sort of like coming togetherness of the fans and pundits and stuff like that. Like everyone united against this. This was the one good thing that came out of the Super League thing. Like yeah. it was. It was still a good vibe in terms of how how people fought against it. 
And yeah. I'm not going to lie, like, the fact that, obviously, like, you just, just almost to change the subject, but almost not. Um, yeah. The, the fact that, you know, like, they're all painted as the bad guys, obviously, these owners and stuff like that, and we were the, we were the good guys. But you're also yeah. painting your wafer um, as the good guys in this which you have to be very very careful of because UEFA you know they they're not they're not perfect in terms of I understand the 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 amazing amazingness of the Champions League or whatever but whilst all this was going on quietly did you see the new format for the Champions League I did that, not that has been announced for 2024 2025 one of them so basically nah. Whilst all this was going on, literally as this was going on, um, they announced the new format, which would basically turn the Champions League into just that, the Champions League. So all of the teams would then be melded into one big table. Okay, so like the Premier League table. I believe yeah. they would each play each other twice. The top eight teams, or the top six teams, one of them, um, go through to like the round of 16 knockout stages, like after all the games are played, depending on obviously what points they finish on. So the top yeah. teams then go through, and then the teams below that, to qualify for the round of 16 or whatever it is, they have to play some playoff games, right? So basically, like, that that's just a head fuckery in itself. So obviously, like, there's a lot <laughs> going on there. Wait, hold on, hold on. So we basically have just said, basically, a big pie to the face to, like, the Super League. Just, like, do one. We're not having it. But then they are pretty much doing what the Super League were going to do anyway, but in they, terms they of... They are doing... And they're making it bigger in terms of, obviously, you, you've got the league, the playoff things to get into the knockout stages, you've then got the knockout yeah. stages, and then you've got the final. Like, it's... Okay, so, ju just so we're clear, right, that sound that actually does sound amazing on paper in, t in regards oh, yeah, to, like, so many games of football. Like, yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. The poor fucking players, the poor fucking clubs and shit like that that have to organise all this and play and travel. Tra and travel and stuff like that. that that's ridiculous. Like, you think these, it, these you think football players way. are people. Yeah, because <laughs> you think of it this way. Like, for example, like, let's just say, um, uh, think of a team. Let's just say a team from, like, Lisbon, for example. Yeah. Why don't they yeah. have to travel to Moscow in in Russia on a Wednesday, <laughs> yeah. like for for a Wednesday for a Wednesday night kickoff, and then yeah. have to come back home and yeah. then play Saturday? Like yeah. to be fair, like I'm quite an open-minded person in terms of this. I feel like it could be a good idea because it could give so many players, as well as like youth players and obviously uh, players building up in the ranks, and whatnot, to have game time because. Obviously, you've got, if this does go through, um, you've got the league itself, obviously, in every country. Uh, you've got the two, well, I don't know, obviously, what's going to be like. I can imagine that the Carabao Cup and the, well, the FA Cup is always going to be there. Um, yeah. They're going to be there. And also, you've got the Champions League. And I don't know what they're going to do with Europa League. I don't know if they're going to merge that into the Champions League. Is that what you're trying to say? Or is Europa no, League still going to be no, Europa, Europa League? League? Europa League is still going to be a thing. So you've got all that to look forward to as well. That's what I mean. It's a hell of a lot of football and not a lot of yeah. happy people. Um, yeah. Like I said, the, these these football players are, are people kind of thing. Like, they're not machines. 
it's <laughs> you know it is it's absolutely freaking ridiculous um but yeah so all of that went on quietly whilst all the super league shit was going on okay I, so I say that i honestly yeah. did not say yeah that like i know a couple of the players actually spoke up against it whilst it was going on but of course it was brushed aside with what with all the drama going on um but anyway like another point that i kind of want to touch on being as we're talking about owners and evilness and stuff like that is um ek ek the swedish billionaire who uh who was the co-founder of spotify along with omri obviously this is old news now but along with omri vieira and Berg, no, not Bergkamp. Omri Vieira and Christ, who is it? Uh, it was Omri Vieira and Bergkamp. It was Bergkamp. Okay. Um, yeah. Yes, are looking to purchase Arsenal off of a very, very reluctant Cronky family. Do you yeah. believe it will happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, as you're saying, I'm literally reading an article now, and it says. Uh, as quote, uh, Spotify co uh, co founder and CEO Daniel, what's his name? Eck? Is it Eck? Eck. Eck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, said on Wednesday that he secured funding for the bid to buy Arsenal and insists that he's ready for what could be a long journey uh, in convincing the owners we have now uh, to yeah. sell the club. And then also it says reported that uh, three former Gunners uh, stars, Omri, Bergkamp, Fiera, were planning to table a uh, formal offer within the next two weeks. And then it just goes on about how much um, he's worth. Apparently, it's been it's rumored to be 1.8 billion he's secured. Um, I believe so. But bearing in mind, um, it says here he's actually estimated worth is 3.4 billion. So. If he's willing to literally chuck over half his half his like earnings into a club, then surely this is a owner that wants to actually be a part of a football family. And right. this is why Burnham, Henri, and Fiera have got involved. Okay. Um, right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna. This sounds like a beautiful fairy tale kind of thing. It's not going to happen. Like I, I, I feel, I feel bad saying this, and obviously anyone that's getting their hopes up and stuff like that. And I ultimately hope that I'm proved wrong. It's not going to happen. Um, the Cronky family, obviously, like they've said twice now, they are, have no intentions to sell. They use like the, obviously they're more interested in their American football and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and obviously the teams and stuff that he owns over there. To pay for the new stadium, to pay to move, um, I think it's the Rams. I, 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 oh, to be honest, I couldn't give two shits what fucking American team that he owns. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no, that's that sounds bad, but I, I, I could not give a damn basically. <laughs> um, but the teams that he owns over in America, um, to pay f- to move them, to pay for the new stadium, to pay for their like interest, basically to pay for everything over there, he uses Arsenal has as his collateral because they are worth so much. He sells Arsenal, he no longer has the collateral and the means to be able to fund his his um wrong shaped football team. Um so why on earth would he sell Arsenal when it's going to get rid of that that enables him to do what he wants in America? Uh, it's <laughs> I, I I totally get your point, and honestly, like I said, I I, I would honestly agree with you because, like you said, it's one of those moments 
um it's like say for instance you owed um ebay for example say for instance you owed yeah. ebay and amazon's gone has gone ah oh, i want to buy you and ebay's like well, no because i'm getting my income anyway like yeah. i don't i don't need you to buy me out because obviously i can get the money that you're worth but it's just taking me even longer but well that's it yeah it's just like here like obviously uh saying another quote from this um uh this new owner well potential owner and i'm talking obviously as part of the fan he even says himself like i've been an arsenal fan since i was eight years old arsenal is my team i love the history i love the players and of course i love the fans uh so as i look at that I see a tremendous, a tremendous opportunity to uh, set a real vision for the club and bring back its glory. I want to establish trust with fans, and I want to engage with fans again. I am very serious. Just so we're this... um, giving credit where credit's due. What? Uh, who wrote the article? Uh, it was uh, a uh, website called JustArsenal.com. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so shout out to them. Thank you. Um, yeah. But yes, anyway, continue with your point. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yes, and literally, like, I, I don't think I've known an owner to be so passionate about the club, apart from Chelsea Zabramovich. But let's be honest, he just goes, yeah, money, here you go. Like, <laughs> you, you go buy the players. You know, you want you want Werner, 50 million. Yeah, of course, you can have him. Like, <laughs> it's just that type of like owner. And the thing is, he, he's got the money. He might as well, but you don't really see in today's world, especially like with any club. Like I don't know a club, even I'm trying to think of worldwide football. I don't know a club that has an owner that goes, you know what? I love this club. I love this. Like yeah. I want to do this for my club. And if we can potentially get uh, this family that we've uh, obviously of the owners that we have now out, yes, it'll be better for the fans. Yes, it'll be better for the players. Yes, it'll be better for the clubs. But unfortunately, it's going to be more than just a, can you please leave to get them out? A hundred percent. And also what I will say is, yes, it will be fantastic. Yes, it sounds like the perfect fairy tale. Does it mean that he's going to be a good owner, though? Because obviously, I understand that well as we've seen football clubs are a business therefore any potential business owner can can run them however i don't i don't know like obviously you don't know whether that's going to make him a good owner or not um it's all right coming out and saying this but this is what i mean i i I know obviously i i'm the like daniel downer (laughs) on like the situation (laughs) Um, Daniel Dash <laughs> but obviously yeah like I, I kind of want to break this fairy tale up I have a lot of a lot of um, worries about it I, to be honest like even like a four year old called Charlie coming in and owning Arsenal right now does sound better um, but yeah. I don't know I, I, I have a lot of a, a lot of um I don't even know what the word is, but I- I'm just worried. Basically, <laughs> I have a lot of anxiety about all this. <laughs> you, you basically have, if not, no hope in the fact that it's going to happen. Basically, yeah, I-, I I don't believe that it will happen. Being as it's been made so public as well, usually that yeah. doesn't happen when these type of deals go through. It's all done on the on the quiet. Um, hey. And but... 
we we don't have happy fairy tale endings here at Arsenal. Uh, we we have um, we have uh, David <laughs> Louise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just say we have a lot of curly hairs in our club. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, like for example, and obviously, as you uh, said at the beginning of the um, podcast about me having a bit of a liking for West Ham. Remember, don't tell the secret. Anyway. Of course. <laughs> so, um, I'm not sure how many seasons ago. I believe it was a season on two ago. So, obviously, Arsenal... Uh, sorry, West Ham have gone into the Olympic Stadium and whatnot. Yeah. They've got two owners, obviously, Sullivan and Gold. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you remember, obviously, this going back. Obviously, towards the end of the season, uh, it was West. It was like West Ham's worst season in terms of, obviously, uh, where they finished in the league. Um, just missed out on relegation. Yeah. Do you know what the fans did? To basically, yeah, do you know what the fans did to make a point to the owners? Blue, blue bubbles, I believe. They, <laughs> no, they, they literally had. They went on strike. They literally marched the pitch. They were invading the um the owners' box just to say get out. Like, yeah. And I thought that's that's a good start. But I think, and this is obviously me thinking, obviously outside the box here, if fans really want these owners out. Just yeah. do, even though in a way it's going to affect a lot of people in terms of staff, um, people who obviously are shareholders with the club and players and manager, of course. If me personally, I'd think, right, if, we, if I want this manager, uh, owner out, I'm not going to even contribute towards Arsenal. I'll, I'll probably watch the game like on Sky, Sky Sports or maybe BT Sports. Um, but I wouldn't pay to go i wouldn't pay for a ticket to go watch the game i'll go on strike like i would not purchase anything from arsenal in terms of obviously i'm saying get out of my club or otherwise i'm not going to associate with you anymore and then this is the thing about corporate owners they'll just literally turn around and go all right fair enough um excuse me uh you're from netherlands aren't you yes fancy a ticket and they're going to get yeah. so much tourist attraction as well, and it's so well, difficult. This, is, this was the whole idea behind the Super League. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I don't think the owners even cared too much. Like, yes, okay, it was a massive U-turn, and they said they cared about the fans, etc., etc. But to be honest, if they had pushed the Super League, which they still could do, because obviously Real Madrid's owner came out and said they've all signed binding contracts, um... So it doesn't necessarily mean that the Super League's dead and gone, like, you just don't know. But yeah. if if it does go... Just say, for example, somehow it does still manage to go through. Um, and Arsenal... Like, they, they end up in the Super League, yeah? And we, we all boycott it. The amount of fans, like, the, the, all these clubs have worldwide that wouldn't be able to attend the games anyway will tune in to watch the Super League. Yeah. And... It's the same with anything. Like even if they don't go into the Super League, that's that's going to be along the same lines. Like if we decided to boycott the games and everything, yes, they would take a hit to their funding, but they would just somehow manage to make it more available in different countries because that's how business minds work. You well, know, it's like it's like um, what uh, Gary Gary Neville said, and he he basically he said it. He basically put the nail in the coffin on this. He says that. Uh, United have got like roughly a hundred, like he said, like 150 million fans. Yeah, like, worldwide. Yeah, all it takes is Super League to get their own streaming platform and go right for this weekend. We're going to 
um, sell it for a pound. And if 150 yep. million people like tune in, that's 150 million pounds there. Like, yeah. this is this is what I mean. It's it's such a money thing. Like, for example, like um, I know it's completely off top, uh, subject of obviously football, but like streaming platforms, for example, like um, Netflix, you know, the whole streaming whatnot to watch films, watch videos, like yeah. they're making such a big income because how many people would go to the cinema these days? Like, yeah, well, in terms... I mean, I, I really miss the cinema, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. No one would want to go to the cinema. They'd rather pay nine ninety nine a pound, like nine ninety nine, whatever how much it costs a month to watch yeah. a film, just from a streaming platform. But yeah. this, this yeah. is what, and like you said, obviously with the um, the Real Madrid um, owner saying like, well, technically they have to join because of the contract. It, yeah. If it happens, is I'm just going to say this one line and one line only. If it happens, football is ruined. That's what I'm going to say. That's literally me putting butter on toast, letting it melt, and just letting it sink in, and then yeah. knowing that I'm never going to see that bit of butter again. I didn't, I didn't realise that this was turning into a cooking show, but um, I, I see your point. Like, yeah, no, I, 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 I know what you mean, and I, I'm now hungry, so yeah. Um, so I, I think we... We obviously got a little bit off subject and we spoke a little bit more about the Super League, but I think we needed to kind of like have our two cents, as it were, um, um, being as we're a bit like late to the party. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We just needed to get that out there. Um, but yeah. anyway, we're, we're going to we'll move on um, to what we judge as part two in our show. Um, we're going to uh, are you up for a short break or do you want to just keep going and keep the rhythm flowing? Uh, it's totally down to you. Obviously, um, I probably would need a refill of uh, juice. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, cool. Right. So yes, um, we will take a short break and then we'll be back for part two. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome back to part two. Um, I'm back again with Robbie. Say hello. Hello, I'm Robbie. <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> it's gonna be an ongoing thing. I'm Robbie. Hello. <laughs> God's sake. Um yes, uh, yeah. so how did your how did your short break go? I, I personally spilt juice everywhere. Um I haven't told Alice yet, but she'll she'll, I, she'll she's now looking at me. Um yeah. Um, <laughs> in terms of me, I have actually run out of juice and you can imagine how gutted I am, so I've got a glass of water. <laughs> oh beautiful beautiful um right so we're, we're just going to jump straight into part two and we're going to kick off with the transfer rumors and what's going on in the world of transfers we're approaching silly season folks um well actually saying that i say we're approaching silly season we kind of got the euros in, in between slash during that so that's going to be interesting um i i personally would like to kick off with a funny little story that i read um and I apologise, but I've actually forgotten the source. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, I, I, I am sorry for that, but all credit to you, to some degree. Um, so uh, basically, it, it was. It's kind of talking about the Arsenal owners again. So basically, what Cron it, it said, it came out and said Cronky has promised a war chest to Arteta to be able to rebuild his squad, basically. And what this article was saying, oh. They could go. They could go out and buy Haaland. Okay, they could go out and okay. buy Haaland. 
but they're not going to because they're not going to get Champions League and he won't go to them. And that is the premise of the article. What a load right. of bollocks that is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's like... It's like, right, okay, so Sunderland, okay? The, the guy oh, yeah. that owns them, okay, in his family, he has enough money to go out and buy Ronaldo. However, <laughs> they're not going to buy Ronaldo because Ronaldo is not going to play in League One. Like, I, I don't I don't know, my, my, my mind was a little bit frazzled reading that article, at which point I had to click off and go for a sad walk kind of thing. <laughs> it, oh, mate, it's... Uh, why? It's just why honestly like it's the thing is obviously with highland as a player like as a player himself like every top club wants him i'm pretty sure there was as there was rumors like a month or two ago about his his agents going to real madrid barcelona Bayern yeah. munich like going to all these clubs just to basically say right what you what you got offered what you got to offer harland and do you think arsenal's in the picture no offense like towards obviously our club obviously my my and your like club like yep. no offense but i don't think even i'd want to go there <laughs> i mean we we can offer him um what what can what can arsenal offer him that other clubs can't um i actually got the answer go on okay hear me out i think this yep. would be the off lifetime we offer dortmund we go right okay here we go we will offer you Willian, <laughs> Bellerin, yep, and most importantly, we will offer you Matt Ryan. There we go. Oh, I don't know about that one, Chief. I think Ryan Ryan could end up as our number one. Like, <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> Would it be acceptable and would Dortmund be that gullible if we were to say, for example, um, if we was to get Willian and possibly put, I don't know, a Ronaldo face mask over him? And I'm on about I'm on about prime Brazilian R9 Ronaldo. I'm not on about CR7. Um, <laughs> I wonder if they'd be fooled by that. Maybe that's something we could try, and maybe that's something we could say we could offer them. We could we, offer them a prime R nine Ronaldo. <laughs> we could we could convince them. We could find video clips of William back in the day where he was actually really good for Chelsea. We just crop out his Chelsea. We could go there with a YouTube there. video. Yes. Yeah. We crop out his Chelsea kit and put an article and be like, you know, yeah. he can score. He can score these goals. Like, wow, he's like the next big thing. How old is he? He's not in his thirties. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, like if you want, we can offer you his older brother. Who's that? David Luiz. Those two together, they're joint to the hip. God. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Right. Okay. So. Yeah, anyway, we've got a plan to bring Haaland to Arsenal, so hopefully Arsenal uh, get back to us on that one. Um, but I'm going to let you uh, let, let you jump straight into the actual transfer gossip, and what have you got for us? Okay, so obviously the source is coming from TalkSpot, um, and obviously these are, these are today's, um, as of from today, um, rumours. So, speaking of Arsenal, it says here, as quote, uh, Danny Sabas looks set to return to Real Madrid at the end of the season. And it says from quote here, uh, the midfielder has been on loan for the Gunners for the last 18 months, but his future is still up in the air. 
he was sent off in the Europa Semi League. I don't want to talk about it, to be honest. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, that transfer, um, you know, the uh, Twitter, uh, Fadsbrio. Fabrizio, no. Fabrizio yeah. Romano, yeah. Yeah, he's obviously tweeted as quote, uh, Danny Sabas expected to leave Arsenal in the season. The decision has been made weeks ago. Um, uh, also quoted, um, the midfielder will come back to Real Madrid after spending the season alone at Arsenal. And then he will decide his future. And I'm pretty sure that was said in the first part. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the. That, oh. I'm, I'm reading the tweet now. Um, yeah. Uh, and just to kind of jump in there a little bit, with any luck, um, we actually forgot to board him onto the Arsenal plane, and he's been left in Spain. Um, that, <laughs> that's the hope, anyway. But yeah. We can't all have what we want. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Such as heck. <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting. As we're speaking of uh, Arsenal, and we'll get into other clubs as well. But obviously, Arsenal and West Ham. Oh my God! Wow. Uh, so, it says here, as quote, um, Damien Abraham is tipped to join West Ham or Arsenal, um, uncertainly over his Chelsea future. And it says, the Blues have, uh, will reportedly uh, be listing the player for around about £40 million in the summer, uh, with the English struggle struggling to play in time under the new manager. Uh, Abraham, 23, has started three matches since the new manager has arrived. Uh and yeah, it's it's pretty clear that Abraham um, is not happy under the new manager. He's only played three games since February twentieth, and is frustrated by the lack of games. And I mean, a- would you would you take Abraham at Arsenal? Because personally, yes. uh, yeah, yeah, hundred yes. percent. Yeah, I think we're, yes. I think we're both in yes. agreement on that one. Yes. Um, I, I tell you why. I tell you why is because, like, obviously, as we both know, we. We are actually in love with a Chelsea player. Obviously, we won't mention the name because it brings tears no, to no, our No, 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 no. I was actually going to bring it back to that. Like, because okay. when, <laughs> when you told me about the Tammy Abraham, Abraham rumor, um, which obviously I, I've, I'm only just hearing, um, yeah. I was. That kind of made me excited. Um, I would love to see him at Arsenal. I believe we could fit him well. However. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I, I did. I did kind of hope that it was gonna be Giroud, <laughs> even though <laughs> even though Giroud at this point, y- you know, like he, he's gonna be retiring very very shortly. Um, Probably, but you know, like I, I miss him so much, man. I know it is honestly so sad. And the thing is, I know we can turn turn around and go. Do you know what, Giroud? Even though you said in that video, "I love you, Arsenal," after lifting lifting the Europa League with Chelsea. I can forgive you. I I just can. I just can. It's like yeah, about you. It. <laughs> it, it, it's but, like it's like a um an ex you can't stay away from kind of thing. Yeah, it's like it's like the ex that the family still loves and would want to still bring in. <laughs> like yeah. that, that's, that's literally like best way to put it. But to be honest, reading more into this, um, West Ham are um, more interested in. Um, Abraham, because obviously, as um, you know, obviously they don't actually have another striker apart from Antonio. Yeah. Um, and they, I think they are looking for a replacement for a, uh, a uh, sorry Halla, who the player they sold to Ajax. Yeah. Uh, and I obviously, as a neutral, I think Abraham at West Ham could be a good move for him 
as well as the club itself because he's young, he's he's tall, he's got quite a lot of um, traits to him. Obviously, he's quite fast for someone who's like six foot four, six foot five. Um, I mean, uh, as well with Arsenal, Uber's obviously just signed a three-year contract. Um, yeah. So that that doesn't bode well in terms of rumours linking us with strikers. Um, however, I, I guess it kind of depends on what happens with Lacazette, um, whether he will be offloaded this summer, which, again, I don't see happening because he's performed very well at the back end of this season. Um Obviously, if he was if he was offloaded, then I could see this happening. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be that guy again and say it probably won't. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's one of those ones for Abraham. It'll be good for him, but yeah. it's, it's one of those situations because, like, like I said, Chelsea's got probably more players out on loan than about half the teams in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, do you want to hear an interesting transfer rumor that's come in today? Go on then. And uh, you probably won't believe this. Mm. So, as quoted here from the article The Sun, okay, Philip Coutinho has been linked with a move to Everton. The claims uh, have come through that the Toffees want the Brazilian forward in a cut price of £35 million pounds as Ancelotti wants to pair him with James Rodriguez in the midfield. And then it says also it would be a significant loss for the investment Barcelona have made for Coutinho back in 2018 when they paid Liverpool 145 million. And obviously, since then, he has spent his time at Bayern Munich and really played this season due to uh, injuries. What do you think? I mean, it's almost like Everton are like an MLS team, like with, yeah. with the amount of players they've got going to them. I mean, like. Allen's a very good player that's gone to them. Um, you, you got the likes of Rodriguez. You you could possibly have Coutinho coming in. Like th- this is this is interesting. I, I mean, the the thing is with uh, Ancelotti, um, he he attract him himself attracts a lot of decent players. Like yeah. to the point where if. For example, like you, you've got Arsenal sat there, okay. So say say if you've got Arsenal sat there, um, and Everton sat there, both outside the Champions League. So the only thing attracting them are the clubs themselves. Arsenal would attract the players on the basis that they are Arsenal, but Everton would attract players on the basis that they're managed by Ancelotti. And that's no disrespect to Everton because they're quite obviously a big team. Yeah. Um, but just the name Ancelotti is attractive to you know a decent caliber of player so i I personally i could actually see this one happening depending on whether they can meet his wage demands yeah that is that is very true that is very true okay so on on terms of um potentially abraham lincoln um, there has been a former Chelsea player linked to potentially go back to Chelsea this summer. Okay. Uh, as quoted here, uh, Romelu Lukaku has reportedly cost uh, Chelsea a club record fee this summer. The Blues are keen on re-signing the Belgian striker during the summer, uh, improving the two-year uh, stig at Inter Milan. Chelsea expects to sell some of their squad uh, players to fund more and they are considering 
for the 27-year-old a cost up to £105 million. <laughs> uh, I mean, we've seen the likes of the Paul Pogba Man United saga, haven't we? Like in the past in yeah. terms of them selling him or letting him go for free, whatever it was, um, and then returning for a record fee. Um, so it's not beyond the realms of possibility. It is whether he would like to go back to Chelsea. I mean, from my knowledge inter are doing pretty well in the uh italian league aren't they like i think are, are they leading um I, I know milan dropped off i don't know about oh, inter the the uh the Serie a is actually quite a close competition at the moment in terms of two two or three teams let's have a look Serie i'll tell you well yeah inter milan are winning yeah. so it, it, oh, bloody hell dude they're 11 points clear yeah. They oh, okay. Are, so, oh, yeah, I'm thinking of another Eleven points clear at the top of the table. Um, so yeah, they, they unless unless they have a shocker into Milan. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't personally, I don't see a reason for Lukaku to go back except for money. Um, yeah. Which obviously we know Roman Abramovich has. Uh, <laughs> So I, I I don't know I, I don't know whether I see that one happening. It's not beyond the realms of possibility. Um, but it's Lukaku himself whether he would choose to go back there, kind of thing. Yeah, and should I save the best rumors for last? Go on then. Okay, <clears throat> the big one, big one. Yeah. Okay, as quoted from uh, Talksport. Harry Kane has been tipped to join Manchester United or Man City this summer. Hey, uh, there is believes that his recent statement on winning silverware shows that he's thinking about leaving his boyhood club this summer. And then it says from quotes to here, um, obviously from his uh, agent, I can see him going to uh, one of the Manchester clubs. I can see him at City or United. And he says, as a Spurs fan, selfishly, I love him to stay. I love him to be... Uh, at the football club because he's just so professional. Uh, it's so great at what he's what he's done. But to be honest, I feel like it's for a player who of his uh, calibre, if that's the word. Um, he should go elsewhere. So, what do you think? Yeah, yeah I mean, Man City would be an ideal fit, I think, because um, one because Man City, Man City yeah, definitely because um, obviously they've got Aguero leaving. Um, mm. so they need a striker um, United on the other hand I mean I believe Cavani's thinking of extending his stay isn't he um, uh, yes yeah so you've got him you've got Martial that can play the number 9 role Rashford um, Greenwood that can play the number 9 role um, they are in a lot less need of a striker than City, really. I know they've got Gabriel Jesus um, among some others that can kind of fill the number nine role, but they need an out-and-out out number nine. Um, yeah. So I, I, I believe City is the destination. Um, and personally, like, depending on whether Spurs miss out on Champions League or not, is going to be the big decider. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I can see Harry Kane in a city shirt come next season yeah Co covid money covid money depending though because <laughs> yeah, what great. we've got to understand obviously with all these transfer rumors and stuff the the purse the purses of the the big six 
God bless their hearts, um, have have been hit massively. Yeah, um, 100%. So, you know, like, I, I don't know whether we're going to see crazy transfers or not, but we'll just have to wait and see. But I can see it happening if if financially they are able. Yeah, no, I so, agree with that. But, yeah, so that that's um, obviously the rumours as of recent. Okay, cool. Um, so, right, let's move on then to yep. predicting the fixtures. Um, yeah. So we'll, during this little segment, we will be predicting the Premier League this weekend. So obviously we, uh, um, we do a podcast that will be going live on a Saturday and going live on a Monday. Come the Monday podcast, we will tally up our points. Um, I'm explaining this very poorly. Um, <laughs> but basically, we, we get a point for predicting the result right and predicting the score right. Um, whoever whoever ends up with the most points come Monday's podcast uh, will win an ice lolly, I believe. <laughs> I'm going in for right? the win, mate. I'm, oh, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm determined, mate. <laughs> I, I I slowly was the first thing that popped into my head. So yeah, like as, yes, long, as, maybe. as long as it's a twister, I'm happy. Uh, I don't know about that one, Chief, <laughs> but yeah. So <laughs> yes. Um. Anyway, so what games have we got to predict? So, uh, as from uh, uh, tomorrow and Sunday, we have got uh, two, four, six, seven games to predict. What well, all um, in the prem? Uh, yes, all in the Premier League. Uh, there is two on Monday, but by the time Monday comes around, we would yeah. see the results. Um, Friday games, um, Friday's game will be played by the time uh, the uh, podcast is out. Yep. So yeah. Um, so obviously, first game, Crystal Palace against City. I believe if City wins, they win the Premier League. So, what do you think? City to win four-one. City to win four-one. Okay. That's fine. I think what City will win. I think City will win, but I think they'll win probably comfortable 3-0. Okay. To be fair, hey. that's maybe more of a shout because their defence has been pretty decent, obviously. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, next game. Uh, Brighton versus Leeds. See, Brighton are a bit edgy at the moment, obviously being in a, in a sort of... Um, bad situation in terms of relegation this Obviously, is probably the hardest game this is probably the hardest game to predict out of the lot because leads leads are, are, are like a firecracker you, you you don't know what's gonna happen like if they can come out and comfortably smash a game or they can really really struggle um yeah so yeah hey so think, i think I think that Leeds have got this in the bag, but do you want to know an interesting, uh, uh, interesting uh, fact about Leeds? What's that? So they have scored the amount of they have scored the same amount of goals than they have conceded. Wow. Okay. And, and <laughs> this I says it all really, doesn't table. it? I looked in the table. I believe I could be wrong. Obviously, uh, I could be wrong. If not, yeah. Uh, they have scored 50 goals and they ha- actually have conceded 50 goals as well. That is just yeah. a record to be <laughs> amazed with. Um, I don't know. Brighton need it more than Leeds, but I feel like Leeds, they're on a really good run at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I believe, I think, I'm going to say 2-1 Leeds. Yeah, and I'm going to say, I- I'm going to say 2-2. Two, two. 
a draw. Yeah. Yeah. Just for the pure yeah. fact that obviously Leeds, you know, they're a very good side, but Brighton need it. Yeah. More. Yeah. Okay. So this is going to be a good game, I think. Um, Chelsea versus Fulham. One going for the Champions League security spot. One going for fighting at a relegation because they're in the relegation zone right now. I mean, yeah, I, I, I do, I do believe that Fulham are kind of done for. Um, Fulham, Sheffield, and uh, West Brom. Um, you know, like it, it would be a great escape and everything, but I, I don't believe there's much fight left there. So, especially as to how well Chelsea are performing under Tuchel, I know obviously they got that loss against West Brom. Um, yeah. But I think that was like a bit of a one in a million kind of thing. Not maybe not to that extent, but you know what I mean. Um, so I'm gonna go with a comfortable Chelsea win, um, and I'm gonna say three nil. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, for me, I'm I'm gonna throw it in there. Nil nil. I generally think there's not gonna be a skull scored in the game. I feel like Chelsea are gonna dominate. But I just feel like Fulham are just gonna try and. Just counter attack, counter attack, but just defend the whole game to try and get that one goal sort of lead. But I feel like it's going to be nil nil. Yeah. Okay. Um. See, this 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 game's quite interesting. I believe one of the teams got a game in hand, and I think if Everton win the game in hand, they will be in a chance of getting into top four. So Everton versus Aston Villa. This is a very tough game. Yeah. Very very tough. Um. God. Everton versus Aston Villa. You know, I'm actually gonna. Uh, I'm gonna come out and say that Aston Villa are gonna win this one two one. Yeah. Yeah. See. See, I feel like Aston Villa will win this. I feel like they're gonna win one nil. Is Grealish available? Uh, I haven't heard nothing know. about Grealish returning. Um, mm. he was set to return, but I'm not sure if he's out for the rest of the season. All right. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Oh, so uh, we both think they're yeah, gonna I'm win. Still gonna go there. Yeah. Obviously, do we have to talk about it? Oh god, um, Newcastle Arsenal. Huh. When do they play? Sunday. Uh, Sunday. So uh, these these uh, the games that are coming up now. There's three games left to predict. Um, it will be uh, Newcastle, Arsenal, and then two other games I will mention in a second. Okay. Uh, god. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be ballsy, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say two one Arsenal. <laughs> I can't <laughs> bet against them, can I? <laughs> I, I'm gonna be that guy. Um, as much as I love the club, I don't know why. I just feel like we're gonna lose one nil. I don't know why. <laughs> I honestly really feel like we're gonna lose one nil. And I don't know, uh, Willock, he will not be allowed to play, will he? No. No, that's yeah. that's the one thing that helps us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but I just feel like we're gonna lose one nil. I honestly, yeah. I'm I'm literally trying to think of everything around my head. I'm thinking right. To be fair as well, Arsenal don't have a lot to play for in the league. Um, I mean, so <sighs> Newcastle yeah. fight for safety, really. Yeah. They're trying to get that secured spot. So yeah, that's quite interesting. We'll we'll find out. So uh, biggest game of the weekend: um, Man United versus Liverpool. Liverpool need it wow. more than United, to be honest. Wow, that is yeah. Um, I'm gonna say that Man United are gonna win. 
and I'm going to say that they're going to win. I'm going to say they're going to win one nil. See, for me, oh, like I don't know if it's just me personally. Like when it comes to like these kind of games, like the games that even neutral fans would look forward to watch i yeah. find these games so bloody boring to watch 100 percent, yeah like that's why i only said one nil or one all like yeah that's, I that's honestly, what it feels like it's gonna I honestly, be i honestly think it's gonna be a two all draw i think it's two all like yes yeah. just my opinion and yeah um last game obviously sunday um uh <laughs> do i have to mention the name go on uh, oh, okay i've got to be fair uh tottenham mm-hmm. mm. um first to sheffield united bearing in mind sheffield united are long long gone they're going into championship it's been confirmed i feel like I'm it's gonna, gonna be say, a great... uh, yeah I- i'm gonna say five nil sheffield united oh really <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i yeah. i'm just i'm just gonna throw out there obviously for dream team i hope um obviously a certain player scores about four goals for me, so I'm going to say four nil Tottenham. Okay, yeah, right. Well, yeah. I, I, yeah, I highly disagree. I, I think Sheffield <laughs> have this. Um, they're not, they're, they're not gonna, they're, they're not gonna go down on a whimper or anything. Um, so yeah, that. <laughs> That's the thing. We have to, have to wait and see what happens, won't we? Yeah, we'll get back to that on the next, uh, the next podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and. Um, obviously, what this uh, obviously we're going to now jump into our last and final section. Obviously, end on a good note. That's what we like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like to do this thing where uh, maybe once, maybe twice a week, uh, we like to do a segment where we actually look about what players do outside of football instead of actually what they do on the pitch. As as some people call them heroes, people call them just like just top top lads you know you know how it is so we like to call this segment yes (laughs) i'm sorry i just i just (laughs) i I was um i was actually itching my eye and i I was just like yeah i i I was uh i I meant to basically say what they were doing was good deeds and then i realized i stole the name from right out of your mouth um i do apologize that was really rude of me i just like I just built up this big, big, like, you know, <laughs> big section. I'm building it up to, like, basically say what it's called. And then you just go, it's called the prestige. Just get on with it. Yeah, so come on. Sake. Like, we've got places to be. You know what I mean? We we want to do this, but at the same time, you know, we're at a time limit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry, but yes, um, well done on the build up. <laughs> Thank you. Right, I appreciate would you like it. To, would you like to kick us off then? Yes. So obviously in this week's good deeds, obviously I want to talk about the football players who have actually been um helping out with the whole pandemic that's obviously been going around. Obviously in people's eyes, obviously people are seeing that the pandemic's coming to a slow end. Obviously we've still got a long way to go. But these footballers, as well as managers and previous football players that are now retired, obviously they've gone out of their way to do what they have done for either charities uh the country for example we, as you guys know there's one player in mind when you mentioned the country um mm-hmm. and just general just good deeds um i'll start off uh very um easy uh former uh chelsea west ham player joe cole uh it says quote here uh from uh talk sport uh joe cole has donated twenty five thousand of his own money to launch heroes dash help them help us 
uh, which has helped uh, purchase 50 3D printers to build thousands of uh, medical uh, feasors, uh, Pfizer's, I believe, feasors, uh for frontline NHA staff. Oh, nice. I, I don't know. I honestly don't think... What, what can you say? You can't even say nothing bad, bad of that. Uh, also, to no, finish off, so overall, the charity has received over 180,000 donations from the public, so fair play to Joe Cole. I rate that. Yeah, nice. He's built publicity as well as obviously donating yeah. that. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. And a much worthy cause in these torrid times at the minute. So, yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm literally just started reading this and I have to mention this. Um, Neymar, known to be a bit of a diver, but not in this, not in this segment. Known to be a little bit of a legend. I'll tell you why. Neymar has made a donation for, of almost 800,000 pounds so obviously in brazilian money that's around about five million yeah. um to the to aid to battle the disease he has split his donations between uh unicef i believe yeah unicef and the society yeah. uh fund to create his homeland of brazil uh but did it privately as he didn't want to promote himself what more that's that is just that is top tier <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> fantastic fact that, like you like that is amazing. The fact that like obviously people look at it like eight hundred thousand people be like, oh well, that's like two weeks of his wages in a way. <laughs> but what more can you ask for, especially with a player especially like that? Especially wanting to do it privately as well. I mean, yeah, that's yes. that's highly respectable. Um, and that's what I mean. Like, there's a lot of um, a misinterpretation that these, you know, like top tier footballers don't do stuff like this. I mean look at the likes of like ronaldo and stuff like that the amount they've done for charity over the years um yeah you, you can't argue against that like it's fantastic to see yeah it, yeah exactly and obviously like i mentioned obviously managers as well uh pep guardiola mm. yep it yep. says here <laughs> as quoted uh he has actually donated nine hundred and twenty thousand to help provide medical equipment for the fight against uh, the, coronavirus, uh, the coronavirus in Spain. Fantastic. Honestly, Good. again, Torrid Times, much worthy cause, so hats off to him. Yeah. It, it, honestly, it is honestly amazing. Like, a player like Saha, for example, here, um, it says Saha has reached out uh, on Friday morning to offer to open up 50 properties in uh, London to NH staff working around the clock and tackle the pandemic. The Ivory, uh, Ivory Coast International is a co-over of uh, ZO Properties, which has uh, rental accommodations uh, usually offered to business travellers. Um, so literally he's offering up his properties to basically NHS workers that are around the corner from the hospital just to let them rest and whatnot for completely no money whatsoever. Well, like... Again, it's it's literally fantastic. Just, I mean, you, you're seeing you, you're seeing this a, a lot, like with footballers and um, stuff like that. Especially during the midst of this pandemic, like how charitable some of these people can be. Um, I'm also I'm also really thankful to the fact that the the footballers and all the staff the managers etc etc um the fact that they have provided us the entertainment of the sport that we love throughout this pandemic yeah. um I, I agree with this 100 percent. like you know that's that's been amazing and 
I know to some people, obviously, is not the top of the priority list, um, but to some people, it is that outlet that you you need, um, especially during times like this. Um, you need something to take your mind off things and take your mind off the world, and what better way than the beautiful game? Um, is that obviously getting a little bit emotional now? But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I, I honestly, I I could not agree more. Like. The thing is, in terms of obviously like um, everyone's health and whatnot, um, it's just helped so many people in so many different ways. Like the fact that, because let's be honest, when it all started, it it just it was just crazy how everything just went from a working world to complete lockdown world. Yeah. Like everything was just not in order. But it's we're hard to super- imagine normality again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But like like we said, we we cannot thank the players, uh, the the teams, the the countries as well. Obviously, international football, like it, to still keep on going. And like fair play to like literally all the players as well. Because bearing in mind, especially like uh, this this year, uh, we've got the we've got the Euros this year, and then we've got the World Cup next year. Yeah, as well with back to back. Like it is honestly amazing. And the fact that these players haven't really had the sort of break yet. As they as they kind of deserve because usually obviously you have the summer break don't you yeah in between and the fact that they're willing to do what they love especially through tough times and everything how can you not thank them enough yeah yeah exactly that's brilliant um but yeah, but yeah right um we shall we'll end the podcast there as we're approaching the hour 40 mark um yeah. but yeah this has been a fantastic first podcast um thank you very much for tuning in hopefully you have enjoyed especially if you stuck up until now like that's incredible um we thoroughly enjoyed ourselves and uh we're we're looking forward to kickstarting this and uh helping each other progress and progressing as time goes on so yeah thank you very much for listening